Bibles, Daniel chapter number one this morning, and uh, going to be a great time this morning. And uh, let's see here, is Miss uh, Miss Carla? Let's see, Miss Carla, is she here? Call Brother Jerry. All right. Anybody get everybody get a copy of the outline today? Anybody did not get a copy? Just put your hand up. I think we're, Robert's doing a great job getting those around. And uh, take your Bibles there, Daniel chapter number one. And as we continue. Uh, this series on making homework. Today, we're going to talk about developing your child's gifts. Now, again, I'll just preface by saying I realize we're at different stages of life, and, and there's a lot of stuff in here that I just really started considering my own life about gifts, abilities, talents, and so on. And uh, we've, we cover in our um, uh, starting point class for many new members, prospective members, this matter of spiritual gifts. We'll talk a little bit about that today. So while we're going through the lesson, maybe you would consider uh, areas and ways that God has even gifted you. But the focus of the lesson this morning is on maybe on parenting, on helping your children, or maybe helping uh, children that you know that may not be your own children. And, you know, when I think about children, I don't think I've ever met a parent who doesn't believe that their child is exceptional. I mean, it's just every parent you talk to, they just think that their child is the greatest child that ever lived. And honestly, I, I think a parent should have that kind of feeling about their child because parents see things in their children that maybe others might miss. Uh, I'll just kind of say this this morning. There was a couple guys that are in here this morning, but uh, early this morning we were getting ready to back, uh, head back to men's prayer meeting. And any of you men that want to join us on any Sunday morning, we have men's prayer at 845. And this morning we had eight people. And as we were walking back there, I looked over and I was like, Brother Tyler, why are you here? And he says, I came for men's prayer. And I said, that's awesome. And we went back there. And I'm going to tell you, I wish I'd have recorded the prayer. I really wish I would have. And it was just amazing. It was awesome to hear Tyler praying back there in that men's prayer meeting. And uh, we had eight men back there that prayed for the services today, to pray for God to work, to pray for people's lives to be changed. And when I think about how important it is to develop gifts, listen, that's one of the things that you see in the life of Daniel. And I want you to look here in Daniel chapter number one. And, and again, we don't have time to go all the way back historically, but it says in the third year, in the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. And notice the word here, to besiege it. All right. In other words, to basically take it captive. And it says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand uh, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. Notice that little letter G there. And it says, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. So he, here it is. He, he took uh, God's holy land. He took uh, the place where God's people lived. And notice here that they were interested in the children. Okay, and that's what you got to focus on here. And it says in verse number four, notice the description, children in whom was no blemish, but were well-favored, skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge, understanding science, such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. And uh, notice whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now look at me for a second before we continue. They're going to take these 
Hebrew boys that had been taught the ways of God, that had been taught from the time they were born and they were old enough, oftentimes what's called the Shema, which is verses in the, in the Old Testament, uh, in the first five books of the Bible, how they should know their God, that they should know him, that they should love him with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength. And they're going to take these boys who have been taught the ways of God, bring them into a foreign land where they have their gods instead of the God. And then they're going to teach them. Now understand, they're not going to teach them godly Christian things. Does that remind you of anything going on today in this world? Reminds me a lot of what's happening in this world. And the Bible says here in verse number uh, five, the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. And you hear a lot, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I heard something on the news the other day, they had tested like 755 people for 19 years about something, and they do a lot of these types of studies and things where they, they come up with various things. And so the king undoubtedly had some kind of system for three years, they were going to give them drink and meat and things like that, and, and just see how they, they did at the end of that time. And it says in verse number six, among these that were put on this special diet, uh, the children of Judah, Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for uh, he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, to me, it, I, you just can't hardly get this from just glossing through the word of God. But here's a young man standing before a king that says, uh, no, thank you. Uh, you know, you're going to do that. To other people, but guess what? I'm not going to partake of that. Uh, that's, that's boldness, that's courage, God enabling this young man to take a stand in his day. Now, here's my thought as I started this lesson this week was, okay, how did Daniel get to the place? What was it that was put in his life? Last week, in the week before, we talked about Timothy and how his mother and his grandmother, how they invested in Timothy and of course, you know, Paul comes along, but think about this. Paul found Timothy when Eunice and Lois had already spent many years investing into Timothy's life. You with me this morning? So Daniel gets to this foreign land, this heathen land, and guess what? He's already uh, ready to take a stand for the Lord. I just think it's an awesome thing when you think about this. And, you know, I think every parent, even Daniel's parents, wanted Daniel to succeed, and I think every parent wants their children to, to shine, but how do parents cultivate gifts while cultivating their character, the character of a child? Look, you can teach a child how to play basketball. Uh, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, now some kids can play well, some kids can't, but you can teach a child how to play basketball, but how can you teach a child that while they're playing basketball, that somehow they show kindness while they're on the court. I mean, you don't see basketball players showing kindness on the court. You see everything other than that, you know? 
And uh, I even saw Gladys back there throwing an elbow. That's what they do, you know. They, they do all kinds of things. I, I read a story, a true story about a high school team that was undefeated for the whole season and they were playing one of their rivals uh, at, in a championship game and they were up by 15 points and, and there was one boy on the team that was like the equipment manager and uh, he had not played. He had been there for everything, been there for all the practices, all four years he was in high school, but he never touched a ball. He was on the team but he never played a game. And every week he would dress out, he would be there on the bench, he would have the water and the towels and all those types of things, but he never got in the game. And so they get into this final game, this championship game, and the, the team is up by 15 points and the coach decided to put this young man in with I don't know how many minutes left on the clock. And so they put the boy in and he gets the ball, he tries to make a shot, he missed it. Another boy threw him the ball, he tries to make a shot, he missed it again. And uh, I think he tried even a third time. He never made the shot. And so he ended up, there was a timeout. He ended up on the bench. And, and so the coach was talking to the team. And he says, called the boy by name. He says, we're going to put you back out there again. And so he goes out there and there's very little time left. And the opposing team gets the ball. They go to inbound the ball. And one of the opposing team players gets the ball, turns around underneath of his own basket and hands the ball to this boy from the opposite team that had just missed three shots and said, it's your turn, shoot. And he throws the ball up and he missed and he handed him the ball again and he threw it up and he made it and both teams erupted, time ran out on the clock, the team won by 15 points. But you know, that day, both those teams were winners. And what, what most people knew and what we don't know is that that boy had some sort of deficiency physically but everything was there mentally. He had the capacity, and that's why he wasn't able to play the game. But boy, he was a part of it. And listen, that's, that's character. You know, teaching a child. What that boy on the opposing team did that day was an amazing thing. And that's, as parents, we need to teach our children just as Daniel was taught by his parents. I mean, here's a young man. Many believe that Daniel was about 14 years of age when he was carried off into a foreign land, a heathen land. But the amazing thing we'll see in just a minute is he was a gifted young man. And when Daniel got there, I, I have to believe that a 14-year-old teenager, when he begins to see Babylon, he begins to see all the impressive uh, decorations and the, the palace and all these things that, because they were taken in and given the finest of things. I'm sure that he was very impressed. But the one thing that didn't impress Daniel was the religion. Of Babylon he wasn't impressed at all with that I mean he saw uh, it was just the opposite of what he had been taught uh, as a child growing up and so the story of Daniel is a remarkable story not just because Daniel was gifted but because Daniel stood for God while he used his gifts that's the key is that you know there's nothing good about us there's nothing exceptional about us but think about this is how God can take us, that, that none of us are special. What we need to be is, Brother Homer said this morning, we just need to be a broken vessel that God can use. And as God uses us, then we can take the gifts and the abilities God gives to us that God would get the glory out of our lives. And I'll tell you, it's an exciting thing when that happens in the life of a child. Is when God begins to use someone like a Daniel. And I just believe that 
all of this in Daniel's life was due to the investment that Daniel's parents had made in his life over the years before he was taken into captivity. So I want to look this morning at a couple ways how we can develop not only character, but maybe some talents in our children. So notice, first of all, here's what we have to do, is we have to determine the priority of character. Determine the priority of character. Now remember, as we said, Daniel, first of all, was a gifted man. Uh, he was mentally sharp. Daniel had the capacity of knowledge. And, you know, I think about how some, some children are more gifted in that area than other children are. Daniel was a gifted man in that way. Not only was he mentally sharp, but he was socially sharp. The Bible says this, that he had the ability to stand in the king's palace. Now, that word ability means a proper manner. Of, he had poise. He had confidence. He was able socially to kind of get along. Daniel could, could handle himself with grace among the dignitaries in the palace of the king in a foreign land. He could interact with them. He was able to even, and you know the story, he was able even to persuade those that had authority over him. And the Bible says in, in chapter 1, look at verse number 9, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And so we see here that Daniel had the ability to persuade authority over him. We also see that Daniel had the ability to diffuse emotions, even in situations of life and death. Look in Daniel chapter 2 there in your notes. It says, for this cause, the king was angry, very furious. He commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Now watch what happens here. Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. Notice what he used. He didn't just answer with his own opinions or this is what I think. The Bible says he answered with counsel and wisdom. Where did he get that from? He got it from the Lord. Uh, that's what we need in our lives that when we're called into question, we may never stand before a king, but our children need to understand that wisdom comes from the Lord. And so here he is, he answers with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Now again, he's asking a very difficult thing here, but he says, why is this so, such a hasty decision? And Arioch made the, the thing known to Daniel. He tells him why, and then Daniel went in, and he desired of the king, he goes into the king, desired of the king that he would give him time that he might show the king the interpretation. So to me, what a surprise that you see a teenager standing for God in such a difficult time, in such a difficult situation. I, I believe with all my heart that if we instill the right things into our children, that as they grow up to be a teenager, that they can stand for God even in a very difficult situation. Listen, I can't even imagine this, in this day and hour what public schools are like for our teenagers. I can't even imagine. You know, I mean, I just, I shudder to think of people that, ha that have kids in, and listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you it's a wicked thing to have your kids there, but I can tell you this, that if they are there, they can stand for God even in that, and, and God will give them certain gifts. He gave Daniel the, the gift here, he was a gifted man. Daniel had character and he had backbone to stand and honor God. But notice not only was he gifted, but Daniel was a guided man. Look at what the Bible says in verse number eight. 
Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. The word purpose there means to, to direct towards, to determine. Daniel determined it. Now, look, you have to understand that if decisions are made, that oftentimes, like where Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Remember that? You have to know that that decision that, Dan, that, that Joshua made didn't happen on that day when he stood before those people towards the end of his life. It happened long before that time. He purposed, he determined. And Daniel, before he got to Babylon, Daniel had, had something in his heart that was put there by his parents. And he says, look, I, I'm not going to be a part of this. And so Daniel, when I look at his life, here's what he had. He had what all of us need. He had convictions. Daniel says, listen, this is what I believe, and I'm go- I have a purpose as a child of God, and I've determined I am, I'm purposing my life. I am settled in my heart, and I am guided by that decision no matter what crisis comes my way. Now, boy, wouldn't, wouldn't this world be a different place if every one of us, every Christian that lives in this world would be determined that no matter what happens in our lives, that we are determined we're going to live for God. See, he was a guided man. Uh, I, I want you to think about this because the level of guidance here, again, I think, comes from Daniel's parents teaching him the Word of God. Here's what Daniel was doing. Daniel was embracing the Word of God. See, his mom and dad weren't there. Many people believe his mom and dad were probably murdered, maybe brutally murdered. So Daniel didn't have mom and dad to go back to. He didn't have a phone to pick up and call them, what do I do? You know what Daniel was embracing? The Word of God. Daniel was saying, look, this is what God's Word has taught me. This is what I believe. And so what was guiding him was the Word of God. Can I tell you, in every decision you'll ever make in your life, the very first source you need to go to is the Word of God. Consult God's Word. You're thinking about changing a job go to the Word of God. You're thinking about moving, go to the Word of God. You're thinking about whatever it is, what does God's Word have to say about it? See, this was in Daniel's soul. It wasn't just something that his parents had told him that he had to do. You know, every every parent or parents have certain rules and things in the home. But, you know, I've said it many times, rules without a relationship is rebellion. And Daniel understood, hey, listen, my parents had certain things that when I lived with them, these were things that they they wanted for my life. But somewhere along the way, Daniel made those his own. It wasn't, I'm doing this because my daddy told me I had to. And there's a difference. See, a parent's highest joy, I believe, comes from cultivating a child's heart. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 9. Only take heed to thyself. Notice it's to the parent. It's to the adult. The Bible says, take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy son's sons. So notice again, all of us as adults have to realize how very important it is that we are right. Now, we don't know anything about Daniel's parents. We don't have, there's nothing in the Bible. We can only speculate, but from seeing what his, their son is like tells me a lot about his mommy and daddy. Uh, if you ever want to know anything about 
a mother and father just spend time with their children? That's a scary thought. We've had that happen many times. We've had that happen many times where, uh, now, it, you know, some people are so kind, you know, they, they'd watch our kids over the years, we'd pick them up, and we'd always say the same thing every parent does, did they behave themselves? And, and people would always say, oh, yeah. And I'm like, you are lying. <laughs> These are my kids, you know. Just tell me the truth, you know. I know it'll hurt, but just tell me the truth. But here's the thing is, is that we've got to see what the pattern is in Deuteronomy 4.9, and the pattern is that you and I need to take heed in our lives, and then the pattern is that as we are living for the Lord, then we teach our children what the Word of God has to say. That's the pattern, and Daniel had what I would call an accurate guidance system in his life. The, the Word of God was his moral compass. He had a real relationship with God, and what that did, that relationship did was it guided the gifts that God gave to him. Now let's talk secondly about those, those abilities that Daniel had. So what do we see is that first of all, determine the priority of character, okay? And Daniel was a man of character. He was gifted, he was guided by the word of God. So notice secondly, let, let's discover the spiritual aptitudes, okay? The spiritual aptitudes. Now, an aptitude is abilities. These are talents that they have. Now, how do you discover things? Notice first of all, by observing. You know, you have to be watching to see things. I, you know, uh, my oldest granddaughter, I'm amazed at some of the stuff that she says and some of the stuff that she knows at such a young age. And to me, it's just a reminder that, hey, listen, you can teach children while they're very young. They remember things. <laughs> my, my, my children remember things a lot more than I do, you know. I, I have some timers. That's, that's just a short form of Alzheimer's, you know. And so, you know, I forget a lot of things. But observing, what you want to do is notice and encourage their development. When you see things, encourage that. Look what Galatians 5, you, you should know these verses, but it talks here about the fruits of the Spirit. Notice their love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So as a parent, if we start to see some of these, now if your child is saved, then the, the Spirit of God lives within them, and, and we should start to notice some of these fruits of the Spirit. How many times as parents that we are always getting on our kids about things they're doing wrong? How about trying this when you start to see some fruits of the Spirit in their lives, start encouraging them. When you observe something, then commend them and, and, and say, hey, listen, that, that was an awesome thing that you did. And look, when you study the Word of God, here's what you find is that when we get saved at the moment of salvation, the Bible teaches us that every one of us as Christians, we are given spiritual gifts by God, okay? And I want you to look at this. Here's a passage that deals with this because this also deals with children. If children know the Lord, God gives them spiritual gifts. Look at it, it says in Romans chapter 12, having then gifts differing according to to the grace that is given to us. In other words, two thoughts here. One is they're, they're given to us by God's Holy Spirit. And secondly, they're different. Not all of us have the same gift. Now, there's, there's a list that's given here. We'll look at that in just a minute. Maybe you've looked at it before. Again, this is one of the areas that I usually cover. But I know years ago, my pastor in California asked me, the first time I met him, he said to me, he, said, he looked across the table and he said, now, Brother Keeley, he said, what, what are your spiritual gifts? 
And I just looked at him and said, um, well, I, I said, I, I believe God's allowed me to teach the Word of God. I mean, I, I didn't really know how to answer him. And some of you may have never been asked that before is, what are your spiritual gifts? How many of you think it would be a good thing to know the areas that God has gifted you? Because you know why God gives you spiritual gifts? To use to help the church, the body of Christ, that God would be glorified. How many of you think it would be a good thing to know what your spiritual gifts are, right? Because look, he gives you those gifts to use them for him, okay? So whether you've heard this before or not, I won't spend a lot of time, but you can go back and look a little bit more if you want to. But look at Romans chapter 12 in your notes in verse number 6. Here's what it says. Gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, if you notice there, those that were just mentioned were the pneumatikos, those spiritual gifts that God, by His Holy Spirit, has given to every one of us. So when you, we just read that list, how many of you, as you saw those, could say, okay, that's probably the gift that God's given to me. How many of you kind of put your finger on maybe one that maybe you feel like God's gifted you in, all right? Now, some of you are like, I'm not really sure, so let me describe these. I didn't put these in your notes. I, I'm going to give you a quick summary, and maybe this will help you to, to identify maybe some areas. So let's take the first one, because many times, like one like this, prophecy, uh, notice here that many times prophecy is misunderstood. The word here means the ability and desire to preach or to teach the Word of God. Now, there's no, the Bible tells us there's no new prophecy. We have all of God's Word. God's Word has been given to us. The canon of Scriptures is complete. But in this day and hour, God allows individuals, He gifts individuals to preach and to teach. He puts a desire. The Bible says if a man desires the office of a bishop, that's talking about a pastor. God doesn't call everybody to be a pastor. But notice again, uh, if a man desires, and there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding there because a lot of ladies are pastoring. Again, the Bible says if a man desires the office of a bishop, but it's talking about maybe teaching or preaching the Word of God. That may be an area, maybe God hasn't called you to preach, but maybe God's put a desire in your heart to teach the Word of God. Notice the second spiritual gift. It says here is this matter of ministry or ministry, let us wait on ministering. So that would be the gift spiritual gift of ministry, sometimes we call that the gift of helps uh, because that's what many people do. We've got a lot of people in our church that have this spiritual gift, a desire to serve and help God's people. I see this a lot in our church, people who have a desire to help. Uh, they want to serve. They want to be a part of it. That may be the spiritual gift that God's given to you or to your child. Look at the third spiritual gift is teaching. Uh, now, when you think about teaching, this is, again, a, an ability, desire to clearly articulate, here's the key, truth. See, I, you know, when I, when I get up here, my heart's desire is I don't want to mislead people. I don't want to, I, I want to rightly divide the Word of God. I want to teach truth. And here's why, because Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So some people have this, God's gifted them, and, and your children may 
maybe God's gifted them in the area of teaching. Here's the next one. Look at it. Exhortation, okay? He that exhorteth on exhortation. Now, I love this one because this is the ability and desire to be an encouragement to other people. Some of you, I know you, and this is the area that God's gifted you is that when I see you, you're, you're with other people and you're trying to encourage others, maybe to go on for God, to live for God, whatever it may be, you are an encouragement. You think about Barnabas in the Bible. He was the son of consolation. That means that he was an encourager. Why do you think he meant so much to Paul? Because think of all the down days Paul had in his life, and there was Barnabas to say, hey, listen, Paul, God will get us through this. Hey, we'll make it. There's going to be another day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day, Paul. You know, he had a Barnabas. How many of you have had a Barnabas in your life? An encourager, right? And listen, I think if anything, if that's the area that God has gifted you or maybe gifted one of your children, encourage them in that area. Look at the next gift. It's the gift of giving. And, and, and again, we've got a church full of people that have the ability or desire to, to want to give uh, to God's work and to give to God's people. I, I know people, I've had some friends in my life that, that they'd give you the shirt off your, their back if, if you needed it, you know? Uh, they, they might find out that, that we need something and, and they would say, hey, listen, we just wanted to do this. And it, look, I, I think it's a great thing. Some of you, that's an area that you, you've done that. You, you've been a, a giving person and your child may become gifted in that area of giving. Look at the next spiritual gift. And, and this one here says, uh, it says, he that ruleth with diligence. Now, this is the gift of ruling, sometimes identified as the gift of administration. And here's what this is. It's the ability and desire to lead and to administrate in God's work. Now, some people can lead. God's gifted them. Can you imagine if everyone was leading, there'd be no one following? Right? So not everybody does God gift in this area, but God does gift some to lead in the work of God. And, and there may come a day where God may gift your child to have the gift of administration, the gift of, of ruling, as it says here. And then the last one is the gift of mercy. And certainly this is uh, the desire to feel the pain of others and to help them during trials. You know, just, just to try to help people whenever they're going through a valley, going through a, a time of temptation, a time of trial. And, and listen, that, that, that's a wonderful thing if that's the area that God has gifted you. Now, when I look at those gifts, and, and I want you to look at those gifts again, maybe now after describing them, summarizing them, maybe now you're thinking, okay, this is the area, thinking about my life, thinking about who I am and the way I am, this is probably the area that God has gifted me the most. Now, what you need to do is then say, God, how can, how can I take that gift, that spiritual gift that you gave me, and use that for your honor and glory? Now, now let's focus it now on children. If you identify, you observe some of these spiritual gifts in the life of your child, then what you need to do is find those gifts and encourage those gifts by observing them using those gifts. But notice another way that we can discover aptitudes is by applauding. Be your child's cheerleader, you know? Congratulate them and encourage them. Look at Proverbs 23. My son, if thine heart be wise, look at this, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reins shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. 
I mean, Tim, it's an awesome thing when your kid says something great and you're like, that's my boy, you know? But when they say something that's not right, you're like, oh, he's just like his mom, you know? (laughs) 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 Oh, we better move on, all right? So point out uh, to your child that you can see. When, When you notice that God's working in their life, point that out to them and praise them. You know, praise is a powerful motivator in your child's heart. Praise them for things. Somebody said, help a child reach their full potential by catching them doing something right. Catching them for doing, you know, we, we always got our radar about, okay, what's he doing? You know, uh, what did he do today? What did she do today? Hey, catch them doing something right and praise them. So you look, one way that you can discover their aptitudes is by observing, and another way is by applauding them. Now, notice the, the last step is, then what do we need to do? Just like Daniel's parents did, we need to develop natural gifts, okay? And as we develop those, every one of us, including our children, God gives us natural abilities. The Bible says, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. So what are we talking about? Notice a couple ways. One is creative gifts. And we mentioned this even, I think, two weeks ago. Look, our God is a creative God. And when I think about we who God has created, God wants our children to use those gifts. And when I think about creative gifts, they come in all different shapes and all different sizes, uh, and, and they're expressed in different ways. When you look in the Word of God, look here, the gift, the gift of music. Remember Daniel, God gave that gift to Daniel, and Daniel played the harp to calm Saul down, right? Remember that? I see other gifts in the Bible, uh, creative gifts like the gift of art. Uh, I love to go back and study when they began to, to, to uh, erect the tabernacle, the portable uh, building of God, and there was a man by the name of Bezalel. And Bezalel used his gift to, to create the things that became part of the, the worship of God, the tabernacle of God. How about literature? Uh, who was known as the sweet psalmist of Israel? David. David. You know, David, literature. Uh, your child might be gifted in literature, how about construction? You know, I, I like this one, you know. And, and remember, David's heart was to build the temple of God, but God says, David, you can't do that. And David's son, Solomon, built the temple. You know, I bet you back in those days, they didn't have codes. <laughs> Man, go, let's go back to those days. And so there, there are other creative gifts that, that maybe aren't mentioned in the Bible, like computer science or photography, graphic work, drawing, Hey, listen, whatever creative gifts that your children might have, encourage them to use those gifts for the Lord. They can use gifts for the Lord. There's many different ways that children can use these gifts and talents and teach them to use those talents and those gifts that God has given to them to steward them. So there's creative gifts. Notice letter B, there's physical abilities also. Daniel had uh, the ability to make personal choices, and one of those was Daniel says, look, I'm going to protect my health. That's an amazing thing when you think about a teenager that's thinking about his health. Nowadays, teenagers just eat this and that. When I was a teenager and I played football, every Friday night, my mom would take me to McDonald's and she would get me the same thing, six cheeseburgers. Just think about the bread. Six cheeseburgers. You know, I'd have been smart. I'd ate three quarter pounders and not six cheeseburgers, you know. But, but, you know, we have to help our children understand the importance of their health. The Bible says in Daniel 1.12, Prove thy servants 
I beseech thee ten days and let them, Daniel says, let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. See, wise choices will help your children to be healthy. Does not the Bible say your body is the temple of what? The Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Spirit lives in even your children. And children today, you know what they do? They live on junk food and they have very little activity. I think we all know the results of that type of a lifestyle. So we have to be careful. Somebody said, uh, in statistically, one in four American children are overweight by the time they enter grade school. One in four. From 1999 to 2008, children with diabetes increased from 9% to 23%. It's amazing. Children. So what are some pre preventive measures that'll make a difference in a child's health. Let me just give them, I'll move on. And again, I'm not telling you to do this, I'm just giving you some ways. Look here, cut out soda, loaded with sugar, no sodas at all, a better diet, eliminate fast food, and give them something that, by the way, right now, if they're like me, they probably hate it, but they, they probably realize how good it is, give them vegetables. You know, and it's important that they have a better diet. Uh, the, the, another thing is regular exercise. And look, I'm not talking about making them do, you know, something that an adult would do, but give them time to go out on the playground. I love that commercial. I don't even know what it's for, where these, these kids are sitting in there and they're playing video games, and these two boys are going at it, and they're sitting in front of the TV in their room, they're playing the video games, and the power goes out at the house. And so the one boy looks at the other and he goes, hey, you want to play some basketball? And he goes, yeah, sure. And so they take the ball, go outside. As soon as they go out the door to start shooting hoops, the power comes back on. The parent flipped the breakers back on. <laughs> I love that commercial, you know? And, th and that's the problem. Now, listen, we're laughing, but most adults are couch potatoes. I've been guilty of this many times. You know, coming home, just sitting down on the couch and, eating and not doing anything, but look, help them, let them play sports. Look, they have to have, they say statistically, children need 60 minutes a day of physical activity, 60 minutes a day. And how about this one, more sleep? Now, I've always, uh, you know, to me, like my children growing up, I was like, I just can't believe how much they sleep, you know? And then, and then I went back and I thought, because my wife always reminds me, Dane used to sleep 12 hours a day. I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, yeah, you did. And then I read that studies show that children in grade school need 9 to 11 hours of sleep a day. And kids come to church and they, they walk in like zombies, you know, because they were up all night watching TV, playing, you know, and, and think about that. How would you like to be a teacher that teaches kids coming into school like that? Talk about a challenge. So, look, physical health has a direct bearing on the giftedness of your children. If, if they're going to use their gifts, they've got to have the right kind of diet. They've got to have physical abilities. And so, again, you may need to make some changes. Listen, not only in your children's lives, but in your lives. Again, I don't, I'm not a big advocate of commercials, but there's one where this, this father is doing these things and he's eating certain foods. His son is watching him doing the same thing, eating the same thing. And then the, the dad realized, my son is watching everything I'm doing. And so the dad begins to start eating vegetables, things like that. And guess what the son starts doing? Children will watch us. And then letter C, notice another thing when we're going to help them develop natural gifts is academic growth. Uh, the two institutions that God has ordained for the, uh, the education of children is the home and the church. 
And we've got to beware, there's, there's a lot of humanism in schools nowadays, and public schools are influenced by ungodly agendas of people. And the, listen, these are people who deny God. They're, they're people that are pushing philosophies and alternative morals on the minds and conscience of our children, and even the academic value of many American public schools has diminished. And what they're doing is they're creating a standard, maybe you've heard this, of pass and fail. Listen, honestly, you know why they're doing that? Because they're trying to justify what they're doing. Somehow they're trying to make themselves feel better about the system that they have. And listen, however you choose to raise your children, whether it's public education, private education, Christian education, can I tell you, academics do matter. No matter what, which way you educate your children. Daniel was one that excelled. His parents nurtured him in academic growth. They taught him things. And look, they must have insisted in Daniel's life, can you believe this, that Daniel would do his homework. Now you think about a lot of parents who never insist that their children do their work. We've got to help our children just like Daniel's parents helped his. Now the one th thought I'm going to leave you with is this this morning. There's no way that Daniel's parents could have known what was going to happen to them or where their son would end up in a heathen land one day as a teenager. But I guarantee you that if they can look back, they, they'll say, we have no regrets of what we did for our son while we were raising him. So what I want you to do is make sure you do your homework this week. Next week, don't miss, because next week we're going to cover respect is correct. Respect is correct. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you bless the, the morning worship hour. Thank you for the life of Daniel and the character that was instilled in him and the many gifts that you show us from the Word of God. Help us to use those gifts and encourage those gifts in our children. In Christ's name we pray, amen.